0: To know something isn't the same as understanding. I can know that fire is hot, but until I'm burnt or witness something turn to ash, it's difficult to understand what that truly means. Meaning itself is such a fickle word. What does it mean to mean something? A child might think it means to be mean to something, whereas the young mathematician might think it means to locate the mean, annotating the center, the halfway between extremes. Yet in that, the landscape surrounding our language grows even more complex as it plays its tune. Meaning, is it derivative to a fault, such as a derivation in sin? <laughs> how funny that in mathematics the differentiation of trigonometric functions is the process of finding the derivation of a function, by using the rate in which sine changes with respect to its variable cosines, as if to ask using signs, how did it come to this? How funny, in knowing that the sign expressing the rate of change is derivative of its complementary sign, you're able to use implicit differentiation, which, in mathematics, allows you to see relationships which cannot be represented in explicit formulas or expressions. Sounds pretty spiritual for math, if you ask me. It's also funny that it's written out as sin and cause. In archery, sin is a term to describe the act of missing the mark, or bullseye, a term with deep spiritual connections deriving from hamartia, a Greek term pertaining to tragedy, commonly understood in reference to a character's tragic flaw, often represented as, but not limited to, hubris, culminating in the process of paradise lost. All in all, we've gone to great lengths in differentiating units of sound into what we call words. In an effort to better communicate complex expressions to one another, we've come to shape the landscape of experience. However, in intermingling perspective and experience, we run the risk of conflating the meaning of something with its essence. In attempting to replace the essence of particular things with placeholders of reference to such, we shuffle on like a babbling fool, drunk on hubris, our hamartia. As we teach our young to navigate the landscape we've come to inhabit, shaping it as we synthesize the expressed intention and implications of others who came before us, we are coming to enter into a stage of contention as we work to conceptualize the physical with the phenomenal, the material with the spiritual. Like a baby babbling luciferously engaged in the construction of our very own Tower of Babel the hubris of accounting creation a mental meaning meant to rival God as if the quark might rival its atom, even so, tirelessly working to synthesize the expression of the natural surrounding world so that it may be accounted for, yet constraining ourselves to only develop explicit formulas, expressing the relationship with a purely physical or numerical type, working to replace the essence of particular things with placeholders as such, growing blind to reasonable obsessions, we abandon the implicit archetypal guiding principles afforded to our ancestors, the maps of meaning by which we navigate the sea of existence. From the ashes of this culminating response to reject the phenomenal, the definition provided to us by meaning as such is forgotten. Instead, replaced with a hyper-rational stagnant postulate suggesting, although everything is made of matter, nothing matters. Although every word has a sound whose meaning is referent to everything, it's all meaningless. Perhaps forgetting the fact that nothing exists in absence of everything alongside it. Or maybe it's that we're subconsciously too aware that everything exists in the deficit of space. Yet, it is the allowance of space which provides the potential of depth to be received through the Animating Principle, affording the origination of life. Communication in essence utilizes this depth of potential in silence to express phenomenal ideas and theories with regard to physical manifestations. Just as written language, the symbols are just as important as the surrounding space. It is in light of this physio-phenomenal relationship of the explicit manifestation and the implicit relationships and potential that we can identify and refer to the essence of particular things with an express meaning because we've observed the physical manifestations of the potential which exists as phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. <laughs> As I was saying, we have before us an infinitely divisible subjectification of objective existence made up in four distinct interpretive structures, physical, metaphysical, phenomenal, and metaphenomenal. Meaning can be likened to the axiomatic trans gauge, fancy words to say a tool for building internal structures which are fundamentally tied to experiences in existence. How we align ourselves and conceptualize life while sandwiched between internal and external, past and future, life and death, is not meant to be serving as judge of good and evil. As your abundance may be my privation, that is a matter of perspective. Meaning is a tool employed in the creation of contextually valid thought forms for trans claims on the external, observable field of consciousness as experienced. As individuals measure the validity of subjective phenomenal and metaphenomenal observations with regard to context, the physical circumstances, and perspective, the metaphysical lens through which phenomena is observed, the ego or persona. We work alongside one another as units or cells of divine potential, navigating a shared existence by performing maintenance on the filter to sustain valid recursion compared alongside trajectory by studying past contextual circumstances presented through time. Mark 8.36 What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Meaning works to create a bridge for consciousness to cross the sea of hyper-subjectivism, knocking out the slats of post-modern nihilistic existential isolation and coming to life, gaining that spark to see through the illusion of separation. It is a bridge we must all construct as individuals for ourselves, but that does not mean it is done alone. In light of meaning, individuals are transformed through the considerable effort to reconcile past-experienced phenomena, often traumatic, with the present physical circumstances, typically a poignant discomfort. As this divine revelation shines a light on their sins, they may not readily apply this wisdom to their life, no matter the individual is forever changed by way of discovery of this trans invariable constant. In cowering to this apocalyptic event the individual is lost in continual causal effect dissonance, a literal hell of chaos, confusion, and suffering from explicit ignorance and impotence. However, those who do apply this knowledge accept the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, for in understanding the power of meaning and expression and implication, they become more conscious of the internal and external environment, as if likened to a joyous state of hypervigilance, devoid of anxiety due to a heightened passion for life. They are present and mindful of synchronicity and precognition in understanding the phenomenal and metaphenomenal structures underpinning the physical and metaphysical aspects of reality. Luke 17:20 20-21 Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, Here it is or There it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Like the ship of Theseus, we exist on multiple levels of analysis. The validity is dependent upon the context. We are continually engaged in physical change on a cellular level to adapt through time, continually engaged in mental reconstruction in response to the external environment, and continually engaged in spiritual alignment to our trans self-image consciously or subconsciously. Why? To go as far as to be found in comparing chronological observations, isolating event causalities, and predicting trajectory via complementary implications for future potentials, to what end does meaning play? Perhaps it is just as the differentiation of trigonometric functions, if we know a sign is derivative of its complementary sign what is the derivative of the complementary sign? Well, it is the inverse of what is derivative. As alluded to prior, this understanding allows insight into hidden relationships, as shown through implicit differentiation. Thus, if your sign is derived from your cosine, to find the derivation of your cosine, you must find the inverse of your sign, which makes it simple to understand spirituality given implicit relationships. If sin is derivative of cause to find the derivation of cause you must find the inverse of sin today we're going to take a look at disney pixar's 2020 film soul if a picture is worth a thousand words a motion picture is worth a thousand decks now without further ado i'm jay castle and this is the locksmith podcast The story begins, and right from the top we see Joe teach in his class. We read, chalked up on the blackboard, things aren't what they used to be. Joe Gardner dreams to perform piano professionally, but isn't fully taken the plunge. Working as a music teacher at a school which is as dead and lifeless as an insane asylum, teaching children who are concerned with other things and do not have an interest in performing music, all except for one student named Connie, who's talented but lacks the confidence to shine. As they play, her part comes up, and she taps into the flow, zoning in. All the kids stop, staring at her in amazement. And as she notices, she gets embarrassed. So the kids all laugh at her for doing a great job. Joe tries taking up for her, but his enthusiasm can be difficult to relate with sometimes. A knock on the door, and Joe's offered the position as a full-time music teacher, to which we segue to Mommy's Business. Unenthusiastic about the offer and trying to get Libba Gardner's permission, Joe introduces the audience to his mother. Libba, who I'm now referring to as Joe Mama, doesn't want Joe to leave. Joe Mama says he should work full-time as a teacher. Joe Mama doesn't want him pursuing his dream because Ray Gardner, who is Joe Daddy, was pursuing the same passion and Joe Mama didn't want her son to face those same hardships. Fortunately, that's not her decision to make, as she will soon learn Also worth noting, Joe Mama working as a seamstress is a profession with symbolic roots to the spider weaving her web. Reminiscent to the potential of the Oedipal Mother, Joe Mama didn't want Joe to go, possibly trauma-bonding the experience she endured with Joe Daddy to pursuing passions. But, as the inverse shows, a spider weaves webs to tie up her victims and insulate her babies a spider is known to eat her babies as well as allow her babies to eat her if they don't leave the nest. From the spiritual standpoint, the influences Joe and Libba experienced due to Ray act as the vehicle to represent the internal conflict Joe is working through. But Joe makes an empty promise to his mother, just as Curly calls him up, telling him there's an opportunity to play professionally with a big name. Overcoming the fears of breaking his mom's promise, Joe goes to the audition of Dorothea Williams, Dorothea meaning goddess, which is a perfect name choice, and Williams being composed of will I am, as in the will of I am, being an interesting juxtaposition as Joe says no to sacrifice his passion for the safety and comfort his mother is pressing to him, pursuing the potential of the goddess will of I am, and auditioning for that which is to Joe the catalyzing motif to ignite his spark in an all-consuming passion. Mrs. Will of i Am hires Joe after, when auditioning, Joe is enveloped in playing, making a desirable impression on all as Dorothea says, where have you been? And so, Joe, in reckless abandon to the throes of rapturous joy, is on the phone heading home, <laughs> so true, when suddenly falls into a manhole. He looks like Aerogel. All the souls do, really, but this is funny, as if to say, standing up to Joe Mama's influence of fear and pursuing his passion, the child falls into a manhole, facing the realities of coming to age, realizing his dreams, and as a result, must accept the great beyond. Joe must grow up, but Joe is conflicted, having been scared of life for so long, of change, basically has a crisis, as his dream is coming true, and in... True to form teenage boy fashion, finally getting to second base freaks out, asking, Oh crap, what now? Which spiritually creates a rift in Joe as 22. Joe says, I'm not dying the very day I got my shot and must now discover why, sending Joe to the great before where he becomes counselor for 22. Jerry finds Joe, commenting on his knack for getting lost and quiet coyotes when Joe asks if the great before is like hell in that Joe is soon to be made aware of his isolation, walking in circles, going nowhere. Yeah, in Dante fashion, he is sort of at the center of hell. Well, he might question if it is hell. Jerry tells him it is the great before, now being rebranded as You Seminar. By the way, why does you, as a word, look like a snail? It's funny. You know, I wonder... Might Jerry be in essence the manifestation of anima breath of and origination of life in that Jerry nurtures and there are multiple expressions tending to the multitude of souls, which would imply Terry is in essence, the manifestation of animus, the logos ordering principle, which makes sense given Terry accounts for the multitude of souls, though he's not very tender, or perhaps, perhaps it is as The two aspects of Jerry and Terry are... No, yeah, that's probably it. There are two sides of Jerry and Terry split down the middle, made up of anima and animus. But why are there multiple expressions of Jerry and one expression of Terry? I wonder if it might be that Terry is in fact a Jerry in training. Terry reminds me of Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, but I digress. Joe is made a mentor and given a name tag with Bjorn Borgensen written on it. World-renowned child psychologist. Then is taken to learn about the soul. He learns that they can find their spark in both the internal and external environments. Learns how the personalities are given form. Then is introduced to the souls in need of a spark. It is here Joe is assigned to 22, who soon admits all previous teachers hated her. Going on to say she doesn't love it at the grade before, but she knows what to expect. Bam. There you have it. 22's fear of change is what you would call the sole derivative for Joe's fear of life, preventing him from moving on. As the comfort of home is to Joe, so the great before is to 22. As the great before is to Earth, so the Earth is to the great beyond. 22's wish is to have basically never been born, which is funny, as it leads me to suggest 22 is going to become Bjorn, you know famous child psychologist, Bjorn Borgensen, the guy who Jerry pretends to confuse Joe with. And at that Bravo, that's a great sprinkle of seasoning. So Joe's walking with 22 through Bjorn's Hall of View when he admits to not being Bjorn. Of course, 22 denies him, making a funny joke saying that Jung guy already tried it, which is a hilarious little snippet of intrigue as Jung says to 22, Stop talking, my unconscious literally hates you. Quite poignant with regard to what's to follow. Shortly after, Joe shows 22 his hall of view, to which Walking Through admits to his belief that his life was meaningless. It's here I'd like to know that 22 is a revolver, considering 22 is a cynical existential isolationist. 22 is a consistently revolving door for mentors perpetuating infancy and succumbing to the fear of change, ultimately delaying a meaningful life. 22 is going nowhere, walking in circles to avoid the changes life can bring, a revolving door of apathy, and 22 is also shorthand for a 22-caliber weapon, kind of weapon that is most commonly used in suicide providing an interesting depth of interpretation with regard to Joe, who is now working hard to find her a spark, 22 showing she can perform at almost any task, but that she just doesn't feel anything from it. It's here Joe learns souls at U Seminar can't feel anything. Not taste, not pain, nor comfort. Now, this all seems to elude Joe is essentially trying to overcome depression. And having his dreams coming to fruition sets him down a path of introspection as he begins to formulate the bridge between the physical and phenomenal as he dives into spirituality in order to cross over into the great beyond to graduate and enter into life as Joe the Adult following the death of Joe the Adolescent. This process of formulation absolves the individual from anxiety by way of understanding, absolving depression by way of order, and suffering by way of wisdom, if, of course, the will to power is engaged. Joe learns the roots of meaning lay outside of time. The proof is in the putting to action, resulting in the healing process, like Catch-22. As for when a soul discovers their divine spark, so too is it as one who discovers their soul. Both are forever transformed, granted passage unto earth, the great beyond, in formulation of their first meta-alchemical creation, the creation of meaning, that which stands between two extremes, that which provides simplistic form to the complex, that which is established in reconciling the meta-complex in the great before represented with 22 forged in the fires of time and pressures of life on earth as 22 alludes they do not crush souls at the great before that is what earth is for that is why earth is sandwiched between before and beyond to crush on you surely you won't leave your date alone on the dance floor As such, Joe is searching to answer the question of, why am I alive? Trying to figure out how did it come to this? Although not explicitly expressed, these are the implications and potential outcome as we enter the zone. You see, the zone is a place souls can enter and leave, like diving into the transcendental flow where being is synonymous with existence without question. Although this zone can become a trap for souls who become lost. Those bright young souls that fall into addiction and obsession, fear and shame. The souls who have succumbed to subservience to their whim without question, who fall into a life consisting only of striving towards the feeling it provides like a needle that digs into flesh to release the chemical of synthetic euphoria to distract from the sense of dread and meaninglessness. These souls falling under the gravity of obsession as they gouge themselves into the dark and heavy, blackened grooves of crushing nihilism. Yet, it is these very grooves which allow for the needle of a record player to sing its tune. Avoiding the vitriol and simply pursuing the sensation the Zone provides, like Scary Potter, and the philosopher's substance the individual must encounter and overcome this trifle to accomplish their journey towards balanced representation. This may often appear to be the final hurdle or the all-seems-lost arc of the story, but it is here where the final battle is beginning to be understood. This is where wisdom is found. This is where the three keys required to close the nihilistic box is forged. In discovering that objective physical experiments can deduce the existence of truth based upon methods of analysis, these observational methods of measured reasoning of applicable subjective expression provides movement toward the synthesis of physio-phenomenal relationships, which suggest the deduction of meaning inherent to truth, as well as provide a basis for the existence of measured scalability on valid truths throughout multiple valid projections. In following, we experience life by balancing rational observations with irrational behaviors to provide meaning, which we then use to competently maneuver the world. Objective truth is presented by synthesizing critical subjective expression through time, which results in a layered schema, allowing implicit relationships and implications to be understood for sustainable development. Although, requires the adoption of responsibility to internally balance the reconciliation of past, present, and future, cultural, individual, and collective, mental, physical, and spiritual. All these expressions are subtle articulations alluding to the divine mother, divine father, and divine child, which makes even more poignant the truth of Ouroboros, the serpent which sustains itself by consuming its tail. Which leads me to consider the rise of cancel culture in postmodern, spiritually deprived, nihilistic societies. As meaning can be defined as referential to the essence or spirit, it is a definition forged through observing physical measurements of subjective phenomenal expressions through time, synthesizing the information to discern the patterns, all in an effort to isolate the affective, abstract spirit of the matter. Consider it in terms of understanding the connections between physical and metaphysical with phenomenal and metaphenomenal. With the deprivation of metaphenomenal acknowledgments, our mind is deprived and dissuaded from pursuing the significance of abstractions. Perhaps nihilism could be the result of unbalanced synthesis, whereby in observing all truths and classifying them as equally valid without placing constraints on... Contextual relevancy because it's all a matter of perspective, dude. The nihilist is unable to express or make proclamations with regard to value as it would imply their perspective is contextually unsustainable, thereby invalid. And doing so would only lead them to admit the sea of hypersubjectivism they've been drowning in is simply all their fault. So it's easier to stick with the ideas and mode of being reminiscent to twenty two. Living in the gray box on the edge of the astral realm. Because how can you make a claim on the external observable environment when it is dependent upon the observation of life experience and you're dead inside? Thereby, meaning is meaningless because life is a catch 22 and they haven't caught on. Yet, bickering persists because although the mind believes they have deduced the meaning or purpose. The soul denies, it seeks to be proven wrong, it seeks to be loved, leading me to consider the rise of safe spaces in postmodern, spiritually deprived, nihilistic societies. For if the spirit doesn't exist and meaning is meaningless, there's no reliable form to maneuver in an ever-shifting environment. Society collapses into anarchic, tribalistic, subcultural echo chambers and succumbing to existential isolation surrounded by chaos, arising from an overflow of data without any form to classify or organize, leading to half-baked ideological self-identifications. The implications of such could lead to the degeneration of society, promulgated through socially enforced tyrannical thought control, creating an inhospitable environment for the individual freedom and sustainable growth. However, I have more faith in humanity than that. For if 100 artists come together to express beauty, 100 artistic expressions will arise in attempts to subjectively express an abstract idea or the spirit of what is beautiful, they will use their anecdotal subjective experience to express an idea beyond one physical, observable instance, leading me to consider religion. In synthesizing various spiritual aspects, sacred characteristics can be identified and understood, giving rise for the argument of quantifiable qualitative arguments on morality via the interpretive structures within spiritual belief systems consisting of substantial historical observations with regard to the human condition and morality outside of any one spiritual belief system, lending credence to all serving as a valid interpretation or expression of the same abstract spiritual axiom in order to identify the patterns providing perspective on the claim that everything is connected. For human history is simply the agreed collective expression of the individual experience through time. And what is that expression trying to convey? Spiritual expression is the attempt to define what is being conveyed as it works to reconcile the extremes with regard to chaos and order, but that is certainly not all it consists of. But only in removing oneself from the poles can we begin to reconcile extremes. Good and evil are subjective expressions of positive and negative stimulus with regard to the circumstantial flow of past to present and present to future. It is not a moral excuse to condemn the soul of an animal because an expression has bit you why have you put yourself in the position for the potential of being bit to manifest in tying this down as i mentioned earlier the abdication and abandonment of the implicit archetypal guiding principles afforded to us by our ancestors and the manifestation of widely held belief systems which are founded upon a lack of and even denial of meaning this is best summed up in understanding mythic heroism and heroin withdrawal. Perhaps this is what the story is all about. Maybe Joe Daddy was pursuing the philosopher's substance, which is what led to the necessity for Joe to resolve the metacomplex, like Christ, who was crucified on the cross, symbolic of crossing over, as well as the reconciliation of past, present, and future. Resurrected three days later, leaving the tomb. Bjorn again. (laughs) And so the zone is where we're introduced to Prince Moonfart, captain of the astral ship, who helps Joe return to Earth after revealing he was once obsessed with Tetris. Playing games, he's a hippie, leader of the ship in the space only accessible through 22's box from the great before. Hmm. Anyways... In accordance to the suggestion that the Joe who is fighting against death is brought to use seminar to assist 22 in finding her spark to overcome depression, Joe inhabits the body of a therapy cat as 22 enters his own, which is honestly exactly what the homardic soul needed to get out of the house, the house, and just be, experience. 22 enjoys being, and as such is on a path to discovering, the rest will sort itself out as it progresses. This is the one piece needed for 22 Spark. To quote Ecclesiastes seven, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. During this trip out of the Great Before, 22 gets overstimulated by the pressures of existence, crushing down on her. So, the cool cat, Therapy Joe, finds a slice of pizza for her while looking for the physical expression of Prince Moonfart, the sign twirler. Finally, they find him, deciding to meet up later on as Joe and 22 begin looking for a cab. When lo and behold, Mrs. Will of I Am steps out of the cab, seeing Joe all decked out, looking like a headcase dressed in a hospital gown with half a pizza hanging out of his mouth. Bringing us closer to the resolution of the meta complex as Joe and 22 make it home. Curly calls to tell Joe Dorothea found someone else, but Curly encourages him to show up looking like a million bucks because Joe was the only reason Curly went to school. Meanwhile, 22 tends to Connie's talent and confidence before paying a visit to Dez after screwing up his hair. 22 has a nice conversation with everyone at the barber shop and Spanks Paul with a psychological truth, who I'm going to refer to as Little Baby Moody, leading to scary Terry appearing. Taking Little Baby Moody on a trip down Death Lane warns him about the dangers of processed food. Good old Terry. Shortly after this, we segue to 22 Joe simply enjoying life until, uh oh, bending down to Terry's pants. Funny juxtaposition. But now he must visit Joe Mama to mend the rift in his shorts. 22, as the mouthpiece for Joe, speaks the honest truth to Mrs. Gardner. Finally accepting Joe's passion for music, Mrs. Gardner passes along Mr. Gardner's suit. Interesting to note, Libba has a frame in her studio which reads, Sewing mends the soul, stitch on the inside. It's really cute. Twenty-two and Joe, on their way to meet Prince Moonfart, break out into a fight after Twenty-two reminisces about the blue spool, Dez's lollipop, the bagel from the subway, and the man who yelled at Twenty-two learns she doesn't want to leave Earth, fearing perhaps that she hasn't got her spark, or perhaps she doesn't yet want to admit that she simply loves existence and connection, proclaims she is in the chair. And so begins the sequence of the blasted tower as terry (laughs) finds joe and 22 during the culmination of their conflict bringing them back to the great before when 22 notices her spark has been found joe in his hubris attempts to make the claim that it was due to her inhabiting his body not because of her hurt by this 22 throws the badge at joe and runs away into the zone presumably now lost because of Joe's catty remark, which Joe learns he was wrong. As Jerry tells him, a spark is not a purpose. It is simply the indication of the will to live. Remarking about the passion mentors have about their meanings to life, so basic. Joe doesn't want to accept that, nor admit that meaning is nothing more than a tool which facilitates life not that which signifies its relevance still choosing to believe life is only as meaningful as its purpose is met joe leaves to perform but surprise surprise joe is not satisfied as he imagined he would be and realizes the way he feels about life has not changed after accomplishing something reaches into his pocket looks at the objects 22 collected and joe feels her memory as he sees the moments which led up to her spark. Determined, Joe then enters the zone via piano to find and save 22, where he must confront the shadow, that which tells 22 she isn't good enough, that she just needs to fill in that last box, corresponding to Joe's belief prior that life requires meaning and not being. The shadow manifests as prior teachers, as 22 projects. You are dishonest. All you make are bad decisions. You're unwise. You won't make it in the world. You are so selfish. No one would want to be around you. Loser. Oh, the world needs remarkable people, and you are the least remarkable soul I have ever met. All while saying these things to herself, Joe is experiencing the vitriol being thrown at him. You will never find your spark imbecile i cannot help you i just need to fill out that last box i'm not good enough at all you will never find your spark there's no point these are not purposes you idiot that is just regular old living this is a waste of time you only got that badge because you were in my body that is why you ruin everything because you have no purpose joe is blown away losing her badge in the black desert sandstorm of emotional turmoil when he remembers walks up to 22 and finally shows her the maple seed reminding her of the animating force and potential of being in existence as such that life is more than what we might perceive the meaning to be that the existence of being is not reliant upon meaning however the existence of meaning is reliant upon being to exist, for meaning cannot exist if it is not allowed to be. Meaning is like the bee bread of being, while both derivative of God as such, the sweet nectar from ambrosia, that which is the fruit of God's, can only be palatable if being is not sacrificed in the pursuit of meaning. To that, 22 releases the emotional block and forgives herself as she accepts the gift of life accepting her spark and utilizing her badge as joe goes as far as he can with her she becomes incarnate culminating in joe relenting to soak in the warm embrace of death in acknowledgement to life participation in the great beyond when jerry coming together of all quantized fields of the universe stops joe and offers him another chance at life in gratitude for finally inspiring 22 spark jerry asks how will you spend your life joe responds i'm not sure and with unwavering resolve to simply be and enjoy his moment in existence as expressed as joe he takes the plunge walking through the gateway as it segues to joe leaving the house cutting off as he takes a deep breath of fresh air in summation, Soul is the story of a jazz artist struggling to trust his soul in fear for what it had done to his mother and father, leading Joe to fall out of alignment with his trans self, his soul, to which he is required to remedy in projection the mirroring represented in 22, for all she represents. When Joe learns, finally, he needs to stop asking how and just leave the house to be. Take a deep breath, take the plunge, and just enjoy the ride.